actually a couple of verses. <clears throat> I was just thinking about these particular verses. The thing, the thing about um, the New Testament is um, we've been given so many gifts by the Lord Jesus, amen, to live a, a productive and a successful life on the earth. Uh, and if we, if we would see that, you know, so much of the church, when you listen to them, you know, not so much our circles, but much of the church as a whole, when you listen to them, it, it's a struggle to exist every day, right? And every day is we don't even know we're going to make it. Uh, and yet, uh, there's a, uh, verses like this in Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read a verse of chapter 1 and then chapter 2. But it says in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, which not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So the Father God placed Jesus, set him at his own right hand. So Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, placed there by the Father. Uh, and where is he? He's far above all principalities, so all demonic forces that are in the world. Jesus, uh, is he above them? But how far above them is he? Far above them, right? So he's not just barely above them. He's not equal to them. He's not just slightly ahead of them. He's far above them. Uh, of all principality and power there, that word power there is the, is the word for authority. So if there's anything that's got any authority in the earth, he's far above that as well. And the, any, uh, the word might there is dunamis, the supernatural miracle work of power. But if there's any supernatural power that's not of God, Jesus is still far above it. And, of course, dominion there. And every name that is named, is, there, uh, is, uh, is cancer a name? Is depression a name? Is poverty a name? So is Jesus, is, uh, is he far above every name that's named? Well, it says it is, right? So, uh, so the next question, you know, and a lot of times when I read the Word of God, uh, I'll read a verse like this and I'll say, Lord, is this true? I know the answer to that, but I have to get it set in my heart. Is this true? Are these true statements? Do I believe them to be true statements? You know, do you, when you read this, do you believe it to be true that Jesus is far above all these things? Far above, right? So there's no competition. Uh, anybody ever flown on an airplane, right? You're... In your airplane, your uh, commercial airplane flies about 35,000 feet, about seven miles over the, over the ground. Well, that's far above, amen? You look down, and everything is small, right? There's nothing big at seven miles above the earth, amen? Uh, and then if you get into a space station, you're, you know, you're about 150, 200 miles above the earth there. And um, uh, even mountains look small at that, at that height, amen? Uh, well, how much farther above is the Lord than that? He's, he's far above those things, amen? So, so that's, and that's a great statement. These are great statements, amen. We, oh, yeah, Jesus, he's far above. But then he comes down to chapter 2, and he says in verse 6, and hath raised us up together with him and made us sit, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, so God not only raised up Jesus and set him in his own right hand, but he also raised us up together. So if we're up there together with him and sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so if we're there with him, then where are we in relation to these principalities, powers, mights, and dominions? Are we also far above them? Well, if Jesus is far above them, then we have to be far above them. Well, if we're far above them, then what problems do we really have? Do we have any real problems? And yet, people, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. Well, what do we, what we do oftentimes is we elevate not ourselves to where we're supposed to be. We elevate our problems up to be greater than us. Uh, and... Uh, uh, of course, on Wednesdays, we've been talking about, uh, uh, about the suffering that uh, Christians will experience, and, and yet Paul called them, what did he call them? Light afflictions, right? He called them light afflictions, amen? Uh, and that's the, the attitude we should have about uh, every, 
every principality, power, might, and dominion, uh, it's, it's a minor, it's a small thing. Everything that's coming against us in our life, it's a small thing. Amen? It's just a thing. It's not a big thing. It's just a thing. Amen? Uh, and if you elevate anything uh, above to where it's supposed to be, really what you're saying is, you know, well, the Word of God is not, not, uh, uh, does not apply to me. I live in a special situation where the Word of God doesn't cover my situation. That my situation, the powers are, 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 are greater and they're, they're, they're far above me. Uh, and, of course, we would never quite say it that way because that just sounds wrong, uh, and it is wrong. But uh, if we'll follow the Word of God, uh, even if we're not here, you know, these verses like this should, should allow us to look at our life. And, Lord, in my life, where are my problems in relation to your Word? Uh, are, they, are they really big problems? Are they way up here? Or are, am I sitting far above all of my problems? See, if you're sitting far above all your problems, then, yeah, you've got to deal with them, and it can be annoying to deal with things because uh, you, you've got to take time that you didn't plan on dealing with things. And so, you know, for me, a lot of times, it's just the, just the annoying of, annoyance of I've got to deal with it, you know. I would rather go do something else, but I've got to take my time out of my life and go deal with this thing. And so sometimes I get annoyed about that, but I'm never concerned that I'm not going to be able to overcome. Uh, the, the, there's never concern, Lord, am I going to make it? Lord, am I going to be overrun by these, uh, uh, by these uh, principalities, powers, and mights, and dominion? Am I going to be overrun by these things? That thought never crosses my mind. I never go into a situation and think, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I always go into a situation thinking, I've arrived. Everybody else needs to be put on notice. I have arrived with the name of Jesus. Uh, would you all like to, to, uh, uh, to, to back down now or later? But somehow you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to be defeated. Amen. Uh, and so, and it's not really an arrogance of, of anything of my part. It's just uh, I'm far above everything. And that, because um, he raised me up. Didn't he raise me up? That's what he says. He raised me up. Amen. Well, if he raised me up, he raised you up too. Amen. We should never go into circumstances, situations, and wondering, Lord, am I going to make it? Am I going to succeed here? We should go into situations thinking, uh, let, me, let me get my telescope and see how far down below me you are. Uh, and, and, you know, it's kind of a, it does sound kind of arrogant, and, you know, the, it's, the, it's the arrogance that the Lord has put us in this position, amen? And some, a lot of the church will think that you're arrogant in actually believing what the Word says sometimes, uh, that I'm far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, because if Jesus is, then I am, amen, because I'm with Him. Uh, it, it's just like, you know, when I travel, uh, you know, Chris travels a whole lot more than I do, so she's got a gazillion miles for everything, right? She gets these gold, platinum, you know, uh, everything, we, and so when I, I'm just with her, right? I just, I'm just with her. Uh, and, and that's all I do, you know. So I, she gets all the favor, and I'm just with her, right? And so that's what I, when I think when I'm, I go somewhere with Jesus, I'm just with him. Well, who are you? It doesn't matter who. I'm just with him. That's all you got to know is I'm with him, right? Uh, and in every situation, if you'll just rec- recognize I'm with him, right? And one of my favorite stories is they were interviewing some well, fellow that played with uh, Michael Jordan in some ball game. And Michael Jordan had scored like 62 points that game or something, an amazing number of points, you know. Uh, and this guy scored like two or three points, right? And I said, well, what do you think about, what do you think about that? He said, well, you know, between me and Michael Jordan, we scored like 64 points. Uh, and so, you know, he's like, I'm with him, right? Uh, me and him, we scored 64 points, you know. Well, what'd you do? Well, you know, I was, I was, and so, uh, but, uh, you know, that's all right. All you got to know is I'm with him, amen? And if you're with him, then you're far above everything. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, make sure that your mind is set correctly about who you are in the Lord Jesus. Amen. That you are that you are an overcomer, that you are a person who lives in victory every day. 
uh, and you have a right to because he did this for us. Amen. Uh, there's no inherent uh, value in you. You didn't earn it. You didn't uh, prove it. You didn't uh, obtain it on your own. It was a free gift. And if it's a free gift, then, then you know, a, a humble servant of the Lord would say, yes, Lord, I, I choose to accept that gift. You know, it would be, it would be dis, dishonorable to the Lord for him to give us something. And, and we say, no, Lord, I, you know, I, that, that's too much. I, I, Lord, that's too, I, I can't take that. It's too much. Uh, and, you know, I've had try, people try to tell me uh, to give them something, you know, especially as my kids become adults, you know, uh, uh, they say, that's too much. It's like, what's wrong with you? You know, if I want to give it to you, I'm going to give it to you, you know. Uh, and so, you know, they have learned uh, over, over time to, uh, uh, to receive. Uh, and it does take faith to receive, amen. Uh, and so, you know, my son-in-law, he's not been with us that long. So, you know, we're having to really bring him up because uh, uh, we like to bless our kids. And, and uh, he's not quite as comfortable in receiving it as uh, my kids are yet. So, you know, we're, but we're training him along and he's coming along on just fine, amen. We'll get him, we'll get him all the way in before too long. And so, uh, praise God. Well, let's stand and greet each other for just a minute. We'll get into praise and worship. Amen. And, um, you know, sometimes just, uh, especially if I'm by myself doing something, uh, it's hard for me not to just tell the Lord how good and kind he is and big he is and how magnificent he is. It's, uh, um, I spend a lot of time just not even asking for things, just tell, telling the Lord how magnificent He is and how big and mighty He is and worthy of all praise. And, and a lot of times I'll be worshiping Him and I'll say, you know, Lord, you're worthy of all praise. And then it'll rise up in my heart. Well, why is He worthy? And I'll say that, why, why are you worthy, Lord? And then I'll tell Him why He's worthy, because He sent His Son, because he, He's the creator of all things. And so many times in my private worship, I'll, I'll ask questions, you know, why is He worthy to be worshiped? Why is he worthy to be praised? And it's not that I don't know the answer. It's that I want my words to, to declare why he is. Amen. Uh, and so it's good to ask questions. Amen. Uh, and so uh, not questions of doubt and unbelief, but just questions so that you know the answer to, so that you have the ability to give answer to why you have your hope in your life. Amen. Uh, and so praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 6. We'll continue there today. We've been teaching on the Lord's Prayer, uh, and that's what tradition calls it. It's not really the Lord's Prayer. He didn't pray this prayer. He gave this prayer to the disciples. And it's really kind of a temporary stopgap prayer until he went to the cross. Amen. So we've talked a lot about how the Sermon on the Mount has a lot of aspects of it that it's transitional. It's transitioning from old covenant, old mentality to new covenant, new mentality. Amen. Uh, and... Um, you know, the, uh, nothing wrong with, with uh, keeping some of the things that are the old covenant, any of the blessings that the Lord talks about, uh, especially blessings of Abraham. The Bible says that we're children of Abraham and that we would have, we would have the blessings of Abraham. Amen. Uh, that he was made a curse for us so that, so that the blessings of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles. So as you're reading the old covenant, if you see a blessing, that belongs to you. Amen. We were never, uh, we were never made free or redeemed from the blessings of the law. We were only uh, made free uh, and um, purchased out, redeemed from the curse of the law. Amen. So if there's Old Testament curses, uh, you can look at those curses and say, I I'm no longer qualified to receive that curse. Amen. <clears throat> and that's always a good discussion because uh, if we've been redeemed from the curse, then any uh, anytime you sin, uh, then 
this is always a, a, good, a, good, uh, a good measure of how redeemed, how uh, renewed your mind is. Uh, if you sin, are you now subject to the curse of the law? And, and a lot of the church, oh yeah, absolutely. Well, then why were you redeemed from the curse of the law? Because redeemed from the, the, do the righteous need to be redeemed from the curse? The righteous don't need to be redeemed from the curse. They're not committing any sins. So uh, there was no need to redeem the righteous. You know, uh, of course, there were no real, real righteous people. Uh, but uh, there's no need to redeem the righteous. They haven't sinned. Uh, and so uh, if you sin on the earth as a Christian, are you under the curse? Well, no, you're not under the curse because you've been redeemed from the curse. The redemption is for the, the guilty ones. Weren't you guilty? Well, sure. And so it's, it's, you're just going to have to get that meditate. You meditate that long enough to get that settled in your heart that if you sin, you are not subject to the, to, the, to the curses. Now, you do open yourself up to the devil, and there are ramifications to your sin. It's not that there's no ramifications, but it's not an automatic curse that you get like you've got in the Old Covenant. Old Covenant, you get cursed and go, uh, go directly to jail, do not pass go, do not collect $200. It's straight to the curse, right? In the New Covenant, uh, uh, it, it's a little slower, Amen. Uh, it's still not wise to live in sin, amen? It's still not a good idea to, to practice that. Uh, I know uh, I was, uh, uh, one year I was working in uh, a, um, a camp, and there were other college students working at the camp, and this one fella, uh, we got to be uh, pretty good friends over the summertime, but I was just talking to him one day and said, you know, you like living on the edge, don't you? You like to find the edge of sin and live right there as far as you can get, as close as you can get to sin without actually living in sin, uh, and because he just seemed like he was always, you know, he'd say, he would cuss a little, but just a little, right? He, he would do little things, but just little things, just, just enough to, you know, let the Lord know, well, I, you know, I don't want to sell all the way out. You know, I don't want to be all the way sold out. I just don't want to be halfway sold out. Uh, and, and so, you know, a lot of the church lives that way. They want to kind of halfway live uh, sold out to the Lord. Uh, and well, then if you live halfway sold out to the Lord, then that's about as many blessings you get. It's about half the blessings, amen? Uh, and so... I'd rather be sold out to the Lord and get all of his blessings, amen? Uh, and sometimes people act like the blessings of the Lord are not quite as good as the blessings of the world. It's like, have you looked in the world recently? I mean, what do they get? They get depression and sadness and, you know, all kinds of uh, problems in their life and sickness and disease. And, yeah, they get money and can buy toys, but uh, the Lord will give you money, buy toys, and you can live in peace and happiness, amen? Seems like it's a way better deal to me, Amen. But the church, really, we've done a terrible job of selling the gospel, right? You know, get saved and, and uh, hang on the best you can, you know, till you get to heaven, then it'll be all, I'll find them. Between now and then, uh, you know, hope it works out for you. I mean, that's a terrible sales job, right? Would you buy that deal? Yeah, I'll take that deal. Who's going to buy that deal? Who's going to take that deal, right? And yet what we really have is God, you are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus right now. You are far above all principality, powers, might, and dominion right now. You are far above every name that's named right now. That's a, to me, that's a way better picture. It's, it's, it's still true, amen? It's not like we're making up stuff. We have the best, best uh, product in the world to sell, amen? Uh, and nobody wants to sell a terrible product. Well, would you buy this? No. Well, why are you selling it? Well, I need a job. Uh, you know, that's terrible salesman, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, when, you go to, when you go somewhere and you're buying something, you know, a car, would you buy that? That's, I ask a lot of, you know, well, uh, you go to the doctor. What would you do? Would you go to that doctor? Well, no. Well, why are you sending me that doctor? Yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, yeah. I would never go to that doctor. Why are you sending me there? Well, you know, he's, he'd give me a kickback. Uh, and so, uh, it's, uh, we've got a great product to sell. Amen. And, and in my, you know, what I don't understand is uh, why every human being on the earth isn't saved. 
you know, if you really understood the gospel, why wouldn't everybody accept this? Amen. Uh, you'd have to just be dumb as a brick not to think this was a great deal. Uh, but of course, people don't want to, they don't want to believe it because in their mind, they think that they're, because they elevate their mind above God. Well, I should be able to do what I want to do. Well, number one, you need to understand when you say you want to do what you want to do, which part of you is wanting to do the doing. Amen. Uh, because every human being is, is a spirit. And every human being, because they're a spirit, longs for God. There's not a human being on the earth that doesn't long for God, our God, the only God, amen? Because the Bible says that he is the father of spirits. He created every spirit that's on, on the earth today. Every human being, the spirit of that human being was created by God in the, in the moment of their conception and placed in them by God, and it's made by God, amen? amen. So it has the fingerprint of God and desires God, desires to be with God. Uh, that, that's, that's indisputable from the word of God, amen? But then uh, men get created, they, they, get, uh, they get born into the earth, and they have a mind, they have a soul. And in that soul, they get to make choices. Uh, and if they're smart, they would yield to their voice of their spirit, because the voice of the spirit will always say, even if it's not born again, it still longs for God. The voice of the spirit will always, always long for God, but their flesh longs for the devil. And at some point, many men will say, I want to follow the voice of my flesh. And they'll say, my flesh is what I should do. And I shouldn't do this thing for God, even though their spirit, which is a higher position than their flesh, uh, wants them to follow God, their flesh. And so, so they think, because I want to follow my flesh, I should be able to do what I want to do. And they just don't understand. Obviously, they don't understand. Much of the church doesn't even understand uh, that, uh, that, uh, uh, that doctrine there. But uh, if they could ever yield to their spirit, if they ever would yield to the spirit, they would all get saved. Every one of them would get saved. Amen. Uh, and so... Uh, the, these people that fight the church and fight the move of God and fight the blessings of, of the Lord, these, these terrible devilish people, uh, all they're doing is they're just rebelling against their own spirits. Amen. They're, all their spirits want uh, and long for God. Uh, and so you can have compassion on them because if they just knew, if they really knew, if they really could see their actions and see uh, what they're doing and how it conflicts with their own spirits, uh, they would all get saved. Amen. But some of them are so militant, uh, and, and because uh, God is God, they live in the same rebellion that the devil started, amen? Uh, because God is God, they don't want God, and that's the, that's the devil, that's the rebellion of the devil, because he wanted to be God. He wanted to set his throne above the, the throne of the Most High God, and so he's just rebellious. Because God is God, they, they, they want to become their own God, and that's what the devil did. And, and so they try that, and they'll act all huff, huff you know, all prideful and all high and mighty and you know they run us uh, church people down oh you just you all just don't know you know you need a crutch you know and uh, and and yet someday they'll stand before the same god we will all stand before uh, and the bible says that every knee shall bow not because he's going to make their knee shall bow when they see the reality of god they will bow before him he's not going to make them do it he, they will bow because they will see the amazing presence of almighty god we get to bow our knees by choice uh, and of course they'll do it by choice as well but they'll do it by, because the overwhelming presence of God, they'll, they'll not be able to stand in his presence. Uh, and now, if they were smart, they would do that here on the earth. But there's a lot of dumb people in the world, and, and they will remain dumb. They will, they will miss heaven, uh, and no, no amount of, of preaching uh, will change many of them, right? They will stay that way, because the devil has lied to them and said, you know, so many of them, that, that uh, uh, I've got you a place in, in my kingdom. Yeah. The, the place in his kingdom is under the dirt, right? In the ground, in the pit of hell. Uh, he, and, uh, and he will laugh at them 
for an eternity about how he, how he coerced them and fooled them into believing that they would get a, a place of power and authority in his kingdom. Uh, he will double up on, on the punishment for people like that. Uh, and there's plenty of people that way today, right? All the crazy stuff that's going on in our society, it's because they choose to yield to the devil, amen? And yet we have the gospel. We have the good news, amen, of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? will save people and restore their lives to, to sanity and, and fullness of joy. Uh, it's a great product, amen? Uh, and so Jesus is teaching the disciples here how to pray. Uh, in, in Luke's gospel, uh, they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, and so here he's telling them how to pray. And so we, we got down uh, to verse 9 where it says, uh, the beginning of, of, uh, uh, of the prayer uh, but just before that, in verse 8, it says, But know ye not, therefore, uh, be ye not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask Him. And so uh, why do we ask Him? Because Doesn't He already know? He does know. And yet it's, He wants us to live by faith. Amen? Uh, and God is a God of faith. Uh, and what you'll find in His Word, He's, he's always elevating uh, and promoting our life by faith, uh, which is different and distinct from living a life by the sovereignty and the sovereign move of God. A lot of the church wants to live only in the sovereign move of God, which uh, what I mean by that is because he's sovereign, there are certain things that he can just do because he wants to do them. And he doesn't have to ask anybody's permission. So if he wants to bless you with something, could he not do that as, your, as his child? He could just do that, right? He could just bless you with whatever he wants to bless you, a thing, right? Peace or revelation, whatever he wants, he could just do it, amen? He has a right as, as being our father that he could do that. That's a sovereign move. You didn't ask him for it. You didn't, you didn't uh, pray for it. He just chose to do it. Uh, and much of the church wants to push everything into the sovereignty of God. That if, well, if, if he wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. And, and, but the reason we do that is because we want to minimize faith. See, faith says, I'm going to go to the Lord and make a request and receive that request. Uh, and, 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 but what you'll find is the Lord's always promoting faith, right? Have faith in God. He told the disciples, have faith in God. Amen. He's always telling them, oh, you have little faith. One time he said, oh, you have, uh, why is it you have no faith? He's always elevating faith. And so if you ask him, you know, why, Lord, why did you do that? He's elevating faith. He wants us to believe that God exists and that, uh, remember what he told us in Hebrews eleven six that without faith it's impossible to please him. For those that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a what? Rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen. Uh, well, we must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. Well, well, then if I ask him for something, wouldn't he reward me with the thing that I ask him for? Well, sure, he's always elevating faith, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so then this, this is how we can pray, amen? And so we're looking at the things that we, we can keep from this prayer, things that we need to add to this prayer, right? Because he started out with our Father, which is in heaven. But now we say we, we do pray to the Father, but we pray in the name of Jesus, Amen. That name of Jesus that we pray, uh, uh, pray with was not conferred upon Jesus as far as the authority until after the cross, and really after the resurrection, right? And then he was given a name that's above every name. Uh, and so uh, he said, uh, Our Father which art in heaven, we talked about uh, the, where it says our, right? It's not my, it's our Father. So there is a, a value in corporate prayer, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, and so uh, he starts worshiping the Lord. Before he asks for anything, he worships the Lord, right? Declares the Lord uh, is hallowed or holy or sacred. Uh, and and uh, it is good 
a good form. It's not always necessary. It's not a requirement by law of any kind, but it's, it's good form to start out when you speak to the Lord and worshiping Him and to declare how good He is, how big He is, how, how sacred and honorable He is. It's good to do that before you ever say, give us this day our daily bread. Amen. He didn't say, don't ask for daily bread, but uh, again, he's giving us a good example. Amen. And many of the Psalms, not all of them, but many of the Psalms where David talks about how hard his life is and all the enemies are arrayed against me and they're trying to kill me. But he always starts those Psalms with, Lord, you're the creator of all things. Uh, and then he gets into, by the way, Lord, these things are going on. Now, well, why is that? Well, it's again, it elevates faith. Because a lot of times we pray out of fear. You ever, you ever prayed out of fear? Lord, if you don't do something right now, we're all going to die. Or, you know, uh, you're not motivated by faith. You're motivated by fear. Sometimes we're motivated by selfishness. Lord, I want everything and two of them, please. Uh, well, you know, that's, again, sometimes we can get covetous even in our prayers. Amen. And so it's good to kind of set your heart up. He, he is worthy to be praised. He's worthy of all, of all honor. And I will choose to do that. Uh, before I get to the things that I have need of. Amen. Jesus said he knows the things you, that you need before you ask him, but then he tells us to ask him. Amen. So well, why is that? Because that's what he said. I mean, you, we, we go, and we did go into some of the reasons, but if Jesus said it, then the answer is yes, sir, that's what I'll do. If you told me to ask, then, then I'll ask. Amen. Uh, why, I don't know why we have to rebel against such things. Amen. But sometimes we want to try to minimize how much faith is required to live by. Amen. Well, Lord, if you just want me to have it, just do it. Well, there's no faith in that because it's on, it's on him. Amen. Faith says, Lord, I, I believe that you said if I do these things that you'll respond in this way. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm doing this thing because I expect you to respond in the way that you said you would because you said you would. Uh, and that's the only reason why he, we, you know, the essence of faith is the Lord said he would do something and we choose to believe that he'll do that thing. That's all faith is, right? It is uh, and it's, so it's really, it's really you as, as, a, um, as a covenant, in a covenant relationship with the Lord, of you're going to him and saying, Lord, faith, you know, this, I'm talking about faith. I'm not talking about a sovereign request. I'm talking about faith requests. Faith requests is, Lord, you said you would do this. And, and I'm just reminding that you said that you do that. And I believe that because I'm asking that you are going to do that. That's not disrespectful at all. People think that's disrespectful to say, well, you can't just demand the Lord to do that. Well, one of the definitions of the word ask, if you look up the, uh, the word ask in the, in the Greek, there is a, a sense of demanding. And really what you're demanding is, Lord, you've got to do what you said you're going to do. That's all I'm, that's all I'm You said you were going to do it, and, and I expect you, and I'm telling you, I believe that you're going to do this. Amen? And that's what my expectation is. It's just like in a, in, if you're in a business agreement with somebody, you want them to do what they said they were going to do. Uh, you know, even one time, uh, uh, one of my family members borrowed some money from me, and, and I have no law, right? I don't have, well, I never lend uh, family members money. But I don't have a law that I always lend family members money, right? Sometimes they call up and say, hey, can I borrow some money? No. Well, why not? I, you know, they just no, right? And sometimes they'll, they'll call up, you know, because they think something, the answer's always yes. Well, the answer's always, we'll see what the Lord says to do, right? And if the Lord says no, then the answer is no. Why not? I don't know. You have to ask him. Amen. Uh, and, and so, you know, uh, I'm not an easy mark. Amen. I've, had, I've told lots of people no, but I've told lots of people yes. And this one time I told them yes, they could borrow some money. And, and, then, and then, you know, 
I don't need the money. I've got, I've got plenty of money, right? And so it's not a big deal. Uh, but, I, but I say, so when are you going to pay it back? And they'll give me a, na- a date, right? Whatever. I'll pay it back. You know, a lot of times it's uh, when they get to income tax. Fine. You know, no problem. Income tax. Well, one, one time uh, a family member brought some money. Income tax came around. And, and I heard, you know, they didn't tell me, but I heard they went to Disney World instead of paying me back. Uh, and look, I, you know, anything wrong with Disney World? Other than I can't stand going to Disney World. But besides that, you know, it's just so many people. I just, it just, you know, we just walk. Now, you want a secret? Uh, you, you get on the schedule and you find out what weekend is grandparent weekend. That's the weekend to go because the grandparents don't ride the rides. So you can go down there and you can ride all the rides because they're there watching the grandkids and they'll just, you know, they'll sit out there and so the, the, the rides aren't full because only the grandkids are riding the rides and you can ride them, right? So that's the, that's the, that's the time you go, amen? Little, uh, so we may never get to go on Grandparents Weekend again, amen? But anyway, so, but, so they, went to, they, they went to Disney World and, and then, they, then they, you know, they ghosted me. You know what that means, right? Ghosted, they quit answering their phone call. And, and, you know, uh, before they'd call me all the time. Hey, how's it going? You know, we'd call them. Hey, how's it going? You know, and all of a sudden, you know, they quit, their phone broke. Uh, and so finally, I, I, you know, uh, in fact, I, I mentioned to another one because, you know, the, these things, it's family, right? They all find out who's borrowing money from whoever, you know, and I heard they borrowed so much money from you, you know, whatever. Uh, and I just kind of said, well, it's a shame that, that they, you know, separated this relationship for this little bit amount of money. You know, I, I'm not mad at them, but they quit calling me. And so finally, I did get a hold of them, and they're, and they're kind of upset at me. What do you want me to do? And I said, all I want you to do is do what you said you was going to do. You said you was going to do a hen. I, I didn't make you do it. That's what you told me. I said, if something came up, you could have called and said, hey, can I have an extension or whatever? I said, it's not about the money. It's about, about you just doing what you said you are going to do. And I wasn't mad at them, but just do what you say you're going to do. Amen? See, to me, uh, and I tell people this all the time, I could care less what people say. I mean, you, I mean, people promise you everything in the moon. It means, it means nothing to me. I said, all, all I'm going to do is watch what you do. Uh, and that will tell me all I need to know about your character is watch what you can do. What you say is meaningless until I see what you do. Now, sometime, you know, hopefully, eventually what I observe is that what you say and what you do are exactly the same. See, for the Lord, what he does and what he says are exactly the same. But for people, that's not always the case. People all the time say one thing and do another thing. Amen. So it's, it matters nothing what people say. If I don't know you, it matters nothing what you say until I, until I watch what you do. And then, 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 then what you say will have some, some value. Amen. Uh, and so because I know the Lord, when he says it, that's all I got to know. Because he'll do it. Uh, that's all. You, did you say it, Lord? Yeah. That, that, okay. That's, I don't need any proof. You, know, you don't have to sign anything to me, Lord. Just if you said it, then because I know him. Amen. And certain people, if they say that, yeah, it, it's, you write it, it's like gold, right? I mean, you write it down, it, it's never going to change. Other people that say it and go, uh, in fact, sometimes, some people I know, some people, if they say it, it's guaranteed they won't do it. You know people like that? They'll make every promise in the world, you know, okay, you said it, it will never happen. Never happen. Why? Because they're not people of their word. And, and you know, all you got is your word. In this life, your faith is carried by your words. If your words are no good, you've you got no faith. You are a person of zero faith. If, you, if, if what you do is not what you say, you, you have no faith because that is not how the Lord operates, amen? amen. And, you know, if you've got no faith, I've got no faith in you. Uh, you know, and it's, I'm not mad at anybody. This, you're the one telling me. It's your testimony that your words are no value. I'm not judging you. 
you said you're going to be there on Tuesday. You didn't even show up, didn't call you, nothing. You know, you quit writing and everything. That's, that's not on me. That's on you. Amen. I'm not judging you. I'm just observing you. Amen. Uh, and so uh, it, it's, uh, and, and I've told lots of people that. And, you, and, and I try to help people out because if you want to be a person of great faith, your words have to be of great value. Amen. And see, that's why I trust the Lord because his words are of great value. If you said, ask and it'll be done unto you. Yes, sir. That, that's what I expect. So that's what you're saying is when, when you go to the Lord and he says to do it, uh, if, he, if he says he'll do it, then, then you're, all you're saying is, Lord, I believe that you're going to do this. You know, my faith is that this is going to happen. There's no way it won't happen. Uh, and, and so faith is not difficult, amen? Faith is you reading the word of God and you believe that it's so. Uh, and so he said, hallowed be thy name. So it's good, it's good form uh, to, uh, to pray uh, to the Lord, amen? It's good to form to worship the Lord, amen, in our prayers, amen? Uh, and... Um, I wrote some other translations down, but I'm not going to read those right now. Uh, but let's just turn over real quick to, uh, to John chapter 4. You know, worship, of course, we, we worship the Lord today in praise and worship. And, um, you know, the, the key, uh, you know, when I, when I started uh, running sound for my pastor, I was, uh, well, I, we just got married, I was, so I was 24 years old. Uh, and... Um, <clears throat> And so, you know, I was kind of typical 24-year-old. You know, I, I liked a lot of uh, long hair, headbanging, Christian music, right? So kind of Christian rock, you know, which is kind of garbage music now. You know, you, you get to grow up. We all get to grow up eventually, don't we, right? And so I liked a lot of carnal Christian music. You know, you know what carnal Christian music is? It's music that, that uh, has got the name Jesus somewhere in there, but it's just exactly like the world music, right? Sounds like the world music, looks like the world music, you know, screaming like the world music. But it's got the name of Jesus, so, you know, it's like the song, you know, Kiss an Angel, Good Morning. That's a Christian song, right? Because it's got the word angel in it, right? Uh, but then you've got to love her like the devil when she comes home or something, right? So uh, is that a, I don't know if, it, you know, it's got kind of, it's got both of them covered, right? So I don't know if it's really a really Christian song or not. But I've heard that song in a church. You ever, <laughs> and so, you know, that's not a church song, but, you know, uh, they didn't ask my opinion. So, um, but anyway, uh, you know, I, we all get to grow up, amen? So I, I kind of like, you know, kind of uh, music that's, you know, I, not really what I would consider sanctified Christian music, but, um, you know, now it, it's, uh, uh, well, uh, before I get to the end of that, uh, so my, my pastor, of course, he wanted to play the music he wanted to play, so just like Jared plays music before the service, after the service, you know, and, uh, and, and if I pause for more than 10 seconds, he's going to hit play, right, and so uh, it, we play music, and, and so I would have to do that, but he wanted certain music played. Well, I didn't really like that music. It wasn't really my style. It was kind of more quartet-y, you know, Southern gospel and a little twangy. And, and, and uh, you know, I, didn't, I was raised in all that, right? Just kind of like that music I was listening to from the 60s. Just, man, it was, it was tough, right? I should play. I, I don't want to disparage anybody because they, they were sincere people, right? Uh, they just didn't know anything other than, there was no instruments other than an organ, right? And, 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 and so they still maintain that exact same music at all funerals. By law, you're required, you know, in the South to play the worst possible music at a funeral, and if you weren't dead, it would kill you, right? And so uh, it, it's, uh, you know, Jerry's already got a list, you know, he's not even close to dying, but he's already got a list of songs played at his funeral, and so none of them include these terrible songs. And so, uh, and, and um, there's been once or twice where I said, no, you can't play that. I'm, if I'm doing the service, you're not playing that song. Uh, you know, we're not killing anybody, and we're not going to tell about how awful the devil is. You know, we're going to worship the Lord, amen? Uh, and so I do reserve the right uh, if I'm doing a wedding or a funeral, to review the music, amen? Uh, and if you want me to do your wedding or funeral, then, then you got to, you know, 
because if you're going to pick terrible songs, I ain't doing it, you know. Uh, you, do your own, you do your own funeral if you can pick terrible songs, amen. Uh, and so, uh, but anyway, so he, he'd play music, and, and I just, you know, it was really hard. But see, because I was a servant, I would do it anyway, right? Because if that's what he wanted, you know. Uh, and, and so for, because we all get to grow up, what I realized after a while, it wasn't so much the style of music that he liked. It was he wanted to be anointed. He wanted the Spirit of God to, to have blessed and, to, and to, to come in and dwell among us when we played that song. And what I found is the Spirit of God doesn't care what the style is. If it's got an electric guitar, if it's got a drum, if it's, if it's only got uh, horns or flutes, or he just doesn't care. What he cares is, does it honor him? Does it worship him? And if it does, then uh, even if it's a style that I don't like, right? You know, so I'm not a big fan of, of Southern gospel music, just you know, the traditional Southern gospel music. The Spirit of God doesn't care as long as it elevates him. And if it elevates him, he will join in with that. Amen? Uh, and so that, that took a while to learn that because my flesh didn't like that. Amen? But the Spirit of God liked it. And so if the Spirit of God likes it, then I, then, then I at least can accept it. Amen? Even if it's not necessarily a style that I like. You know, I tend to prefer praise and worship style music, you know, uh, as opposed to we want it to sound just like the world but have the name Jesus in it. Uh, and there was a song I was listening to the other day. Uh, God, you know, sometimes I listen to just Christian uh, uh, music on the radio, and so you don't know where it's going to get. And, and so they'll, they'll play some song, and, like, and you've got to check the radio, the dial. Is, is it on? Is it on Christian? Is it on a Christian station? Or, and yeah, it is. And it's like, well, and then you've got to listen to like the whole song. Oh, okay, there's Jesus, right? And, but the rest of it, it, it sounds just like some 70s rock and roll, you know, song. And, and so... Uh, I, I don't care. You do whatever you want to. I mean, the people that write the music, but um, uh, uh, if your goal is to sound like the world, then that's what you're going to get. Amen. Uh, we should never have a goal to, to, to look like the world and sound like the world. Amen. We should have a goal to always honor the Lord. But Jesus said here in John chapter 4, this is the, uh, some of the greatest revelation that we have comes from him talking to a woman at the well who'd been married five times and divorced five times, right? And living with somebody. Uh, one of the greatest, some of the greatest revelations Jesus gave to this woman, amen? And so people oftentimes want to uh, bury people that are not perfect, and yet Jesus gave her some of the greatest revelations that we know about. Uh, and so he said here, <clears throat> uh, he's talking to the woman, uh, let, let's just uh, start out here in verse 20. He says, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. This is the woman saying this. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh uh, when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. So he did tell her that, you know, uh, she is worshiping uh, the Lord, but you don't know the Lord. Because he said, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. So let's tell you something. All these people who think there's many ways to heaven, Jesus tells us, Woman, there's not. Even the people who are worshiping a God, he said, yeah, you're worshiping, and you don't know what you're worshiping. Uh, you don't know him, amen? Uh, but salvation is of the Jews. He said, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Uh, and so th this is really the key here, amen? This is the key to how we should worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen. Right. 
And so, so it really, in one sense, it starts with truth because what you say in the song has to be true. Uh, and how many songs uh, does the Christian world produce that are not founded on truth? Amen. Uh, you know, here on, on, uh, on the uh, Jordan stormy banks, we, we lie, right? And whatever that song is, right? I don't know. The, I don't, I don't uh, 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 and cast a wistful eye, right? Looking over the promised land. I mean, it's just, you know, there's a, a lot of songs that are just embalmed with doubt, doubt and unbelief. Lord, we don't know if we're going to make it, but if we die, we're going to heaven. Well, that's really encouraging, right? Uh, and so, uh, uh, so it's not founded on truth. So if it's not founded on truth, there can never be the spirit of God involved in it. Amen. So the most important thing you can start with is when you sing, are the words that you sing, are they, are they founded upon the truth of the word of God? Amen. And not, uh, not just on emotion, because a lot of songs are, are founded on just emotions, trying to get you, life is so hard and, and the devil's so big. And, you know, uh, we don't know uh, if we're going to make it or not. Uh, and so there's no truth to that, so there can't be any spirit to that. So it's just, it's just music, amen? Uh, and so, so God is a spirit. So, so we need to hook up with the spirit of God when we worship him. And now, again, the style of music is not important uh, in order to get there. Uh, you may have a preference, right? Some people, you know, some churches, they do this, and they, and they still do it. They'll have, uh, especially if it's an older, established denominational church, they'll have uh, traditional uh, praise and worship, and then they'll have contemporary praise and worship. Uh, and, you know, that, that's, I, I don't understand, I mean, you do whatever you want to, but to me, if it's the Spirit of God, it's the Spirit of God. Amen? Uh, and there's a few songs we sing that are, are more along the lines of Southern Gospel songs, uh, but they're, they're, they are anointed songs, right? And when we say anointed songs, it just means that when we sing them, the Spirit of God, He says that He would inhabit the praises of His people, so that means when we sing them, the presence of God will come in and dwell among us in a manifested uh, corporate way uh, when we sing songs that honor Him, that worship Him, that are based upon truth. And so, that, so we have the ability to, to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen? Uh, and so if you sing songs that are not, that are not um, founded upon truth or songs that are there only to elevate the flesh, then you'll never have the Spirit of God. And, and many times churches have compromised and they say well in order to reach the the youth we will play carnal songs right even though they're christian songs in in name only they will sing songs that that elevate the flesh that make you want to you know make you want to sing make you want to jump make you want to shout right but it's not really a christian song amen uh but they'll do that and they'll say because youth are coming that we're we're doing the right thing but you're doing a disservice to the youth when you're doing that because you're teaching the youth your flesh is the most important thing that we need to, we need to take care of here at the church, not your spirit, man. Uh, and, but see, the thing is, every youth has a spirit. Every youth is a spirit, right? And every youth, if they were trained right, would love, would love worship, uh, uh, spiritual worship, amen? They wouldn't need carnal worship uh, because if you, if you get them with carnal worship, you've got to keep them with carnal worship. Uh, and so, and I've heard people tell me that, well, you can't argue with success. Well, I mean, that's, that's a, 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 in essence, that can be a true statement. But my question is, what's your measure of success? If your measure of success is how many seats you've got filled, that's the wrong measurement. Because your measurement should be how many hearts are filled. Amen. If your heart is not for the Lord, if your heart is, well, I want to come as I am and stay the same way, 
then that's not successful because become, everybody that walks in the door should be changed before they leave the door. Uh, if, you're not, if, you, if you leave here exactly the same way that you came, then, then we have failed in our only responsibility in the church, which, to, which is to perfect the saints. Amen? Uh, and I'm not mad at anybody, but it's just, to me, it's, it's a disservice uh, and, and it's setting up their life to be a fraudulent life, to be based upon lies that the most important thing is that your flesh is comfortable and appeased uh, and elevated uh, as opposed to your spirit man. Amen. Uh, Paul said, I keep my body or my flesh under. Uh, and that's really all what you should do with your flesh. Amen. So, so Jesus is telling this woman at, at the well that God is a spirit. And they, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And, and you know, when, when you're worshiping the Lord, one of the most important things to do is to be sincere in that. Is when you say God is great, that needs to be a real, a real statement that you, that you believe that God is great, amen? And that's coming out of your spirit, man. Uh, I have heard lots of people pray over the years, and it's, like, it's almost like a performance. It's like they don't really believe anything they're saying. They're just saying that because they think that you want to hear these words, and it, and it sounds very insincere, uh, and, it, and it's really hard to explain. We all have, I'm sure we have all have heard that. Uh, that when people pray that way, but it's the same thing when they sing, that they're singing, but they don't believe any of the words. Uh, and, and um, you know, that Jesus said that the hour coming and now is. And he, and he also, I like what he said there in verse 23. He says, uh, the, the Father seeketh such to worship him. The Lord is looking for people that will yield to the Spirit of God and worship him. He's looking for people. So the, the question for us is, has he found anybody? Has he, you know, ha, have you been found out by the Lord to be one who's willing to worship him? Uh, and, so, and, and so that's what Jesus is saying there, right? So we go back to uh, Matthew chapter 6 there. So hallowed be thy name. It, it's, it's valuable and important to worship the Lord, amen? It's, uh, and, and when we worship him, it should be in spirit and in truth. Uh, and so... You know, and I've had people tell me, well, we don't like that particular song or whatever. Uh, we don't like that style of music. And, uh, and when, they, when, they, when they disagree with me on the style of music, uh, you know, of course, I don't, I don't rebuke them or correct them uh, most of the time. But I'm thinking your, your measurement is the wrong measurement. Your measurement should be, is the Spirit of God in that song? Uh, it, it does, does that song elevate him? Amen. Does it, and if it does, then he's okay with it. And if he's okay with it, who am I to not be okay with it? Now, we have over the years, uh, you know, there, uh, like a lot of times, sometimes you don't really know, um, you know the song until you sing it. Uh, and there's been one or two songs, not many, but there's one we've sung and we're like, yeah, we can't do that anymore. You know, it's just, it's just not there, right? Uh, and um, uh, we used to sing the song, uh, Running to the Mercy Seat. Remember that song? Got to run to the mercy seat, you know? Uh, and, uh, and it had some good lines in it, but the, the whole basis of the song is running to the mercy seat, right? Well, do we run to the mercy seat? In the New Testament, do we run to the mercy seat? Where, what, what, uh, what throne are we supposed to go to in the New Testament? Supposed to go to the throne of grace, right? And so the mercy seat's Old Testament. In fact, the mercy seat's still in heaven, right? Because everything in, in, in the tabernacle is a reflection of what's in heaven. But it's the mercy seat, but it's empty now. Because Jesus has been moved from the, because he is the, he is the mercy seat. And so he's moved from the mercy seat now to the throne of grace. So that's where he is at that right now. He's at seated at the right hand of the Father on the throne of grace. And so we go to the throne of grace. So running to the mercy seat is not even biblical. 
Uh, and, and I've had theological discussions with people who got mad at me because of that. And I explained it to them. They said, well, I'm still going to run to the mercy seat. Well, you can go run there. There's nobody there. I mean, go over there. There's nobody. There. I mean, go. But you're going to be there by yourself because Jesus isn't there. And I'm not going to be there. I'm going to do it anyway. Fine, I don't care. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, people get mad at me. I don't care. Do whatever you want to. You know, you just go without the Spirit of God. I don't care. And then we, uh, 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 there was a song came out a while back. It's called Reckless Love. Uh, and um, the whole song, now, like the song we sang this morning, the song was, was starting out as you're not a Christian in the Lord, but I, I found a man, right? I didn't know. So he's talking about getting saved. Well, that's great. You know, you, it's okay to have a testimony. You know, and the Lord, you, you were walking aimlessly in his life and finally the Lord found you fine, right? But if that's your testimony after you get saved, I'm walking aimlessly and the Lord's, you know, found me again, even though I'm aimless. That's not a good testimony. And the song, the whole song was, I'm a Christian, but the Lord's reckless love is going to come find me wherever I am. Well, technically that's true, but I'm not singing that song. I'm not going to sing the song, Lord, I'm going to backslide, but when I do, you're going to find me anyway. I'm not singing that. You sing that song. I'm not singing that song. And so I said, when I sing that song, it's just doubt and unbelief. I'm not going to confess that, Lord, I can't wait to, to backslide, but you, you know, when I do, you're going to come find me anyway because you've you got reckless love, which he doesn't have reckless love. That would, be, that would mean he's out of control. He's not ever out of control. And so I'm not mad at nobody. You like the song, I don't care, right? Uh, I, if, if I was you, I'd take it off your playlist, right? I'd burn it from all our playlists. We don't play this song. It doesn't show up on any of our pre, pre-sermons or after-services song list anywhere uh, because I'm not going to sing a song that says, Lord, when I backslide, you're going to come find me. I'm going to sing a song, Lord, I will never backslide because you're in me. Now that, you know, that's my confession of what my future will be instead of my future of backsliding, amen? Now look, if you love that song, if it's dear to you, you know, if your mama sang it, I, you know, fine, sing it. I don't care, right? Uh, but we're not singing it here because I can guarantee the Spirit of God's not in it because he doesn't, he, we're not supposed to confess our future as, as failing, amen? We're supposed to confess our future as being successful. Uh, and so, uh, again, I'm not mad at anybody, but, I, but some people that get mad, here in the church, they got mad at me because, well, there's nothing wrong with that song. You're going to debate me about a song? You're going to go through book, chapter, and verse about every verse in that song, and I, we, I can give you all, the, all you want to know about it. You're still not going to be happy after any of it because your flesh likes a song, uh, and, and I can't appease your flesh, amen? Uh, and so uh, I, well, I didn't try to get anybody upset at me, uh, but uh, they did get upset, and so uh, but we, all get, we all do get to grow up, amen, over the time. Uh, and just one other thing related to that, turn over to, um, to, to Acts chapter 13. To me, this is just such an amazing thing. Because when we talk about uh, worship the Lord, hallowed be thy name. In Acts 13, it's not really talking about this, but it's kind of an aside, a side note here. Um, but it says here in Acts 13, verse 1, it says, Now there were at the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaean, uh, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. So it starts with Barnabas and it was Saul. Um, and they were called prophets and teachers. Now at this, notice at this point in time, Saul, who was later named Paul in this chapter, in fact, uh, was, called, was not called an apostle at this point in time. He became an apostle after this point in time. Uh, and so it says in verse 2, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, uh, and the thing I want to bring out to is they ministered to the Lord. You know, a lot of times we talk about uh, the Lord ministered to me. And that's great. The Lord does minister to us. You have the capacity as a created being to minister to the Lord. Um, and you remember even in Psalm 103, remember the Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. 
you have a capacity as a created being made out of dust and clay to both bless and minister to the Lord. You can, now, does the Lord bless us? He does bless us. You can bless him. Does he minister to us? He does. You can minister to him. Uh, now, he doesn't need minister like you got to lay hands on him and, and get him healed. You know, he doesn't need ministering for depression or sadness, but, uh, but you can minister to him uh, and, and de- declare his goodness. Amen. It brings joy to his life. Uh, he, uh, he inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. The Father seeks such to worship him. So just know that, you know, you shouldn't go as a worm, as a, un, as a uh, person who is of no value to the Lord. That's the wrong mentality to have. You should go and honor him, uh, knowing what the Lord Jesus has done for you, and to minister to him. So uh, the, I just think that's an amazing statement that they ministered to the Lord. Amen. Uh, and you can minister to the Lord and you can bless the Lord. Uh, and, and you have that ability as a created being. Amen. To do that. Uh, and so... So praise and worship is important, amen. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's valuable for us to do that well. It's, it, it's helpful to do that even when you're praying to the Lord. I'm not a, I'm not a singer. Uh, if you've ever heard me sing, uh, you would know that that's a, a, an absolute truth. Uh, but, uh, but I can worship the Lord, amen. Uh, and so you don't have to be a, song, a, a person who's qualified to, to lead people in worship. I'm thankful that the Lord... Uh, has gifted my wife in that because um, if, if it was dependent on me, we'd all be stuck, right? Uh, and so I'm thankful for, for that, that the Lord is blessed for that. And the Lord does anoint people uh, like my wife with that gift to be able to do that, to bring people into the presence of God, which is, is an amazing statement, amen, that, that human beings can do something and cause the Spirit of God to, to come into our presence. And that's, that's what it means to minister to the Lord, amen? We do that, and he wants, he wants to come and see. You know, if we could really see in the realm of the Spirit uh, how uh, even angelic beings will come in uh, in worship and to observe us as created beings worshiping the Most High God. You know, we stand at a position higher than the angels, as in fact, Paul said that we will judge angels. And so we stand at a higher... And so angels will often come even in praise and worship and, and join in with us, even if, of course, we don't see them, but they will come because uh, we have that capacity to do that, amen? We have the capacity to, to minister to the Lord and to bless the Lord. And I don't know of any other created being other than humans that have that, that, have that right and privilege to do that, amen? Uh, and so, so back to, uh, to Matthew chapter 6, uh, he says in, back in verse 9, After this manner, therefore, pray you, our Father, which, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, uh, on, in earth as it is in heaven. And so we know uh, about the kingdom of heaven. Uh, uh, you'll find either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven being mentioned uh, in the word of God. And some people may try to make a, a doctrinal distinction. You know, in my observation, having studied it, I don't see a distinction. It seems like because what you'll find is oftentimes the same phrase, find in one gospel will be the kingdom of God in the same story and another gospel will be called the kingdom of heaven. So as far as I can tell, they're interchangeable. I don't know that there's a real uh, significant doctrinal difference between them. If you'll find to be otherwise, that's fine there. Uh, But uh, he's just saying that the kingdom will come. And and of course, um, in this context, uh, you know, the the gospels are really when the kingdom of God started coming, right? Because Jesus said the kingdom is now here, uh, but it didn't arrive until the gospels, until Jesus showed up. But it really didn't meet its entirety until... 
he was able to get the Spirit of God into humanity. And once humanity was able to receive the, the Spirit of God, now the kingdom of God is on the earth, in us. Amen? Uh, because Romans uh, 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So if that's the kingdom of God, which is what Paul declares it to be, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, then that resides in us. Amen? So, that, so it wasn't fully here until after the cross. Uh, and so... Um, so again, this is a transitional period, that, that kingdom come. So that's what they were praying. So we don't have to pray that anymore, right? So this part of the prayer of the Lord's Prayer is no longer even necessary to pray. Lord, uh, send your kingdom. It's here. Amen. So we don't pray that kingdom come anymore. So you can actually, you know, don't, I uh, would encourage you to scratch, scratch that out of your Bible or anything, but this is no longer necessary to pray. It's here. Amen. It's arrived. It resides in the hearts of men. Uh, and then he says, uh, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And that phrase there uh, is, if you would think about that phrase, that phrase uh, confirms to us all that we need to know about the Lord and what he desires for us to have and how he desires us to live on the earth. Because he says, thy will be done where? In earth, according to what measure? As it is in heaven, right? So the measurement of how our life should be on the earth is heaven. Right? The life that how we should live on the earth today in this world should be what is heaven like. Amen? That's our measurement. If that's our measurement, he said, thy will be done. That's what, or, or your desires be done. So his desire is for us to live days of heaven upon the earth. Is that what he says? Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And that little phrase, it's not even the whole verse, that little phrase in that verse should tell you uh, everything that you need to know about what does God desire for us to have on the earth. And so if heaven is our measurement, then uh, we, everybody knows what heaven's like, right? Uh, any of us been there? Nobody, no, I don't think anybody's had a vision of heaven, right? Dying gone to heaven here yet. But we all, everybody knows what heaven's like. It's perfect, right? Streets of gold. Uh, it's got gates of pearls, right? Twelve foundations, uh, transparent gold. Uh, I mean, it, it's a nice place, amen? It, it's better than, than you know, uh, uh, than uh, Skeeter Lane, right? Yeah, I mean, better than Skeeter Lane. Uh, it, uh, that's not a very big bar right there, right? But um, I was thinking of some, you know, some resort place, you know. Uh, but, uh, uh, and so uh, it's a pretty good place, amen? Uh, and so uh, how much sickness and disease is in heaven? Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So the, the, everybody would tell you, right? People that don't even believe in, in the healing power of God would tell you there's no sickness in heaven. Uh, they would all tell you that, amen? Uh, and, and so, well, he said right there that my will, thy, thy will be done in earth as it is, right? Not as it will be, not as it might be, as it is in heaven. So if, if, if we all know that there is no sickness and disease in heaven, then clearly healing is for today. You don't even have to know all the healing scriptures. You just got to know that half of a verse that healing is for us today. Amen. Uh, if there is no enemies in heaven, are the enemies in heaven? You know, storming the gates of heaven? No. So there, there's complete and total victory and peace in heaven. So what do you have a right in your life to? Complete and total victory and peace in your life where no, no enemy ever destroys or comes in and overwhelms you. Amen. Uh, is, that not, is that not thy will be done? Amen? 
Uh, I mean, you can go through uh, how much poverty is in heaven. Any soup lines in heaven? Every third Thursday, there's a you know, soup kitchen in heaven, right? You've got to go line up on Thursdays, every other Thursday. Not every, not, not every Thursday because that's too much, but every other Thursday, right? You go to soup line and kitchen, get your bowl of soup, right? What's today? Potato soup. I love potato soup, you know. All right, I'm going today. Uh, get my soup, soup bowl in, in heaven. There's no soup lines in heaven, is there? Well, why not? There's an abundance in heaven. If there's an abundance in heaven, what should there be on the earth? Abundance. Should it be an abundance in earth? Amen. Should it, there should be an abundance in your life, not in somebody else's life, in your life. If thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, there should be an abundance in your life. If there's not an abundance in your life, you're not living days of heaven. And, and that's not his problem, because he said, uh, uh, he's praying. This is what, that, what he said, this is what you need to pray. You need to pray, Lord, your will be done in earth where I live as it is in heaven. And, and some people, oh, I don't want any of the world's goods. So you don't want to go to heaven? You don't want to, you, where you want to, I mean, if you don't go to, where are you going to go? Go to Stuckey's, you know, but that's not heaven. I mean, where are you going to go if you're not going to he- go to heaven? Lord I, you know, I, Lord, I don't want a mansion. Just give me a, a small cabin on the back 40. There's no small cabins in heaven. They're all mansions, right? They're, they're, they're all amazing places. None, none are just like, well, Best we could do, sorry, you know, it's just a little, a little shanty, a lean-to, right? Doesn't even have running water. You know, you got to go outside, go down a path, a little, path, a little building over there, right? I don't know if you need a path in heaven, right? but I'm pretty sure you don't. But uh, that, some people have that mentality. Yeah, but uh, that's not what Jesus said. This verse, this verse would change so many people's mentality of how we're supposed to live on the earth, amen? Did he say, uh, get everything that there is to have? No, I mean, uh, if you had everything, where would you put it? You don't have room for everything, amen? Uh, and so we don't have to be covetous. You don't have to be a, a greedy person to be a Christian, amen? But there's nothing wrong with wanting to live life where, where you don't have to question where your next meal is going to be coming from, where, you, where, where is your roof going to survive the next storm? Is your car going to make it to, to work today? Or, or are you going to be able to feel good enough to get up and go to work? Or are you going to be sick today? You just never know, right? I just never know. Some, I, get, I got good days and got bad days. People in church say stuff like that all the time. There are no bad days in heaven. There's no, there's no sick days in heaven. You know, you don't go to heaven and go, well, what, what's your benefit package? How many sick days do I get a year? There's no, there's no sick days in heaven, right? There's no, no, there's no vacation days in heaven. Every day is a vacation day in heaven, right? Uh, and so... That if people would just get that, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, or in, in earth, you know, to be technical there, in earth as it is in heaven. Uh, that, that's a, that's a, a, to me, it's an amazing statement. And, that, and you got to know nothing else. Uh, now, if you were smart, you would take that as the foundation of the rest of your faith and go, well, Lord, if you want me to live days of heaven upon the earth, then how do I obtain healing? Because clearly healing would be part of heaven, right? No, no sickness then how do I get that? Then you go to the other verses to find that. If you were poverty-stricken every day, uh, well, Lord, there's no poverty in heaven because that would be your will. Your will would be, if there's no poverty in heaven, then, then your will would be for me to not have any poverty here on the earth. Lord, how do I find out how to obtain a life without poverty? Then he would take you to, to Philippians 4.19 in uh, Luke 6.18, 6, 6, uh, 6, right? Uh, uh, and find the verses. Uh, then you would, go, you would go down that path and you would build up your faith. And that's really the issue is we, we all sing, we all pray this prayer, but uh, the people who don't believe those things have never expanded upon that and go and find out how do I live that life on the earth? Because if you said that's your will, then if you're living in poverty, then you are out of the will of God. 
If you're living in sickness and disease every day, then you're living out of the... And when I say that, in a sense that, well, that's just my lot in life to bear. You know, the, there are things that happen to people that are just unaware of, but there are people who, who also believe actively for death and destruction in their life. Well, you know, it just, it just money just comes to me, it's just like sand, you know, through your fingers. Just, you know, I just never have money. And, and they'll say things like that. And what they're saying is, I don't want to be in the will of God. I want to be out of the will of God. And being out of the will of God is a dangerous place to be because if you're not in the will of God, whose will are you in? I mean, there's only two will, right? Either the will of God or the will of the devil. And if you're not in the will of God, you've got to be in the will of the devil. And so are, are, you, are you worshiping the devil? Is there songs you sing to the devil? I mean, you know, you've got to love her like the devil when she comes back home, right? I mean, people are singing that stuff like that. Uh, and so, but to, I, I really like uh, verse 10 just because verse 10 can be the foundation for so much actual faith in the earth. If people really believe verse 10 is so, and every, I mean, every denominational person in the world would pray this prayer, right? Even though about, you know, several percentage of them, probably 20% of it, we don't even pray like, you know, like the first part of that, thy kingdom come. We don't pray that anymore. So that's just, that should be obsolete, right? We don't pray that anymore. It's gospels, not in the New Testament, that it's no longer necessary to pray that. It's already arrived, so we don't have to do that. Uh, but thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, uh, Every one of those people pray that, but, but they choose to not believe that. Uh, and so, you know, you don't have to argue healing. You just say, well, do you believe in Lord's Prayer? Yeah, we'll, we'll quote the Lord's Prayer. They can all quote it, right? They'll get it mostly right. They can quote it. Well, do you believe that? Oh, yeah, I believe it all. All of it, right? Well, well yeah. Well, what about the verse 10? Uh, and so, you know, it'd be a, a good way to help people out there. Amen. So I, I like verse 10. We'll finish up there for today. We'll pick it up the rest of it uh, there as we go along. So we're going to do away with the first part of uh, verse 10, and we're going to uh, really elevate the second part of verse 10 because it really kind of encompasses almost everything else that we're talking about, amen, about thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Uh, and, of course, then uh, that would encompass all. The Lord wants everyone to be saved, right? Uh, there's a lot of things you could uh, uh, go, go down the path for, uh, in relation to the second half of verse 10 that gives us the understanding of who God is. Amen? Uh, and so, when, you know, when people say that, uh, that that's just their lot in life to bear, that, you know, God just wants them to have a hard life or whatever, it, it's, it's, it never lines up with what you see in heaven. Amen? And if it doesn't line up with what you see in heaven, it can't, it, there's no way it could be a godly, accurate doctrinal statement that God wants you to live that way. Amen? And yet uh, millions of Christians, probably billions of Christians, believe that, amen, that God just, you know, that's just a lot in life to bear. Uh, sometimes God just doesn't want to heal you. Uh, and so it doesn't line up with the word, so we should throw it away, amen. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we do thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you for blessing us uh, with the, the revelation from your word. We thank you for the spirit of God that resides in us, that shows us these things. We thank you, Father, that if you declared it, it's so we choose to believe it, Father. That's our responsibility is to read your word and to believe your word. And so, Father, we choose to believe that it's your desire and will that we live in the earth just as it is in heaven, Father. And so, Father, we are full of victory, full of faith, full of healing, and full of prosperity. That it's your desire, Father. And if it's your desire, then it's our desire. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Uh, um, I mean, we can just stop there at verse 10 and just be happy with that. Amen. 
Uh, and so let's get ready to receive uh, this evening's or this morning's tithes and offerings. Um, before we do that, um, Jared, if you'll come up, I'd like to just lay hands on you, pray for you uh, as you get uh, as you get ready to head out this week um, for this mission trip. And um, and you know, a lot of times uh, the Christian organizations they'll go and do something, they'll go and paint somebody's house or fix somebody's roof, you know. Uh, and it's not it's not entirely what the uh, the Great Commission is, which was to go and preach the gospel. But he did say, go, go and help those who have need, amen. Uh, and so there's nothing wrong with, with that. Uh, and people need help, amen. Uh, and um, Jerry can go with a heart and an attitude to, to uh, introduce them, even just by example, uh, the spirit of God and love of God, amen. Uh, and so I'm just going to pray for Jerry. So. Well, Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, Father, for what you've called Jared to do, we thank you, Father, as he goes as a representative of the Lord Jesus to declare and show your goodness, Father, and kindness, Father, to the people that you're sending him to. And, Father, I thank you that the Spirit of God will be with him, that he'll see and know exactly what he's supposed to do and say, Father. And, Lord, if, it, if it's just simple things of the natural realm, uh, I thank you that, he, that you'll give him, Father, wisdom and understanding about how to be a, the greatest blessing you can be to these people to show them the goodness and the mercy and the love of God. And so, Father, we thank you. There is opportunity for ministry, Father, that even in speaking, Father, or laying on of hands, that you'll show him exactly what to do and when to do it and how to do it, Father. And, Father, we thank you that people will be blessed and encouraged because Jared arrives there on this trip. And we declare it, your goodness, Father, over him. You, Father, you said in your word that, that goodness and mercy shall follow him all the days of his life. And so, Father, I thank you that goodness and mercy will follow him to Georgia, and he will leave an impartation of goodness and mercy in the people that he ministers to there. We thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, praise God. It's always good and honorable to, to go as a representative of the Lord Jesus to anybody. Amen. And show the goodness of God in people's life, uh, or show the goodness of God uh, to people in their life. Amen. And so we can receive uh, this morning's tithes and offerings. Then, so don't forget uh, we have healing school today at 3 p.m. And then um, uh, Brother Randall Greer will be here with us uh, next uh, next Sunday. And um, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing him. Amen. So go ahead, Mr. Jared. And I want to tell you too. I, I was talking to. Uh, uh, Pastor Edwin Anderson this week, uh, and uh, he was very complimentary of you all. He said, uh, you all are very easy to preach to. And, um, you know, as a minister, you, you can stand before all kinds of groups and peoples, amen? And sometimes people are really easy to minister to, and then sometimes they're just not, right? They're just, you know, their hearts and minds are somewhere else, right? And they're just, there's just nothing there. I mean, you might as well be talking to a stump. And, um, you know, and... Um, I mean, there's been plenty of stump services over the years, you know, uh, but, um, but he was very complimentary of you all, and uh, just uh, I wanted you all to know that, uh, uh, that you made it really easy for him to preach, because it's really a, a two-way street. When you minister and preach, uh, you really, it really depends upon you about how much revelation goes forth, amen? And we don't have time to get into all, all of that, but um, uh, you all are very easy to, to to preach to each Sunday morning, even for me, right, of course. Uh, but uh, he was very complimentary of it, amen? And so uh, I just want to thank you for that and uh, appreciate that. And, and you all do the great job, and Brother Randy's here too. Uh, you all uh, uh, 
do a good job uh, when he's here as well. Amen. Uh, and so be blessed. Uh, have a wonderful afternoon, and uh, we'll see you all at 3 o'clock.